What's up, everybody? It's another episode of the Balls, Buckets, and Bull podcast. Back finally to talk some NBA basketball. Osei Aligbi, how is it going, man? Doing great, man. Glad to be back. Got a lot to talk about, dude. Now. It has, yeah, it has been a minute, and we have so much to talk about that we'll probably we are going to separate this into not one, not two, but maybe even three episodes to get it all in, but. Today, since pretty much the seeding is completely wrapped up, we will talk NBA Western Conference. Um, pretty much all eight seeds are already determined. The Kings, I do not think, will end up making the playoffs. I don't think that's a hot take to say, would you say? <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, it's looking like it's pretty set in stone. See anything crazy happening within the next few days, weeks. All right, yeah. So the current standings, and I pulled these as yesterday, uh, as of yesterday as well as all, all the stats I'll be using. Number one, we got the Warriors. Number two, we got the Nuggets. Three, Rockets. Four, Blazers. Five, Jazz. Six, Clippers. Seven, Spurs. Eight, Thunder. Now, the five through eight portion of that could end up any which way. Uh, it's pretty much about a game and a half, about a game difference between the five seed all the way down to the eight. So, yeah, it's uh, insane. A I mean, lot of Clippers. different, yeah. Yeah, Clippers could lose one game and, you know, Spurs could win two games and all of a sudden you guys are in fifth place, so. Yeah, it it could really uh, flip all over the place. So that's why I don't really want to talk too much matchups today, mostly just about the teams. And we'll start up at the top with the Warriors. I don't think we need to spend too much time here because I wouldn't say that the questions lie with this season, Osei. The questions lie more in the offseason, what they decide to do with everybody, but – it is worth noting they still are on a roll. They're first in assists per game. They're first in field goal percentage. They're first in blocks per game, first in <laughs> offensive rating, second in points per game. Um, the only thing that I really had to dock them was they are actually last in points in, in the paint, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah. But it's their, it's their sixth straight 50-win season. Uh, they seems to have uh, paid off by uh, getting DeMarcus Cousins in the offseason which kind of was a gamble, but they got him so cheap that pro- kind of wasn't. But what are your thoughts on the Warriors really quick? Yeah, honestly, the production they have right now, and like you were saying, they're lowest in uh, points in the field per game. But, I mean, they just recently re- reacquired Andrew Bogut, and uh, they've got DeMarcus Cousins back. But, I mean, when you think about the Warriors' offense, they play a spread offense. You know what I mean? They're known for spreading the floor. They'll attack the paint if need be, but when you have four out of your five players on the court at all times being pretty much consistent from the three-point line, you don't have to worry too much about uh, getting into the paint all so much. All your points are coming from so many different other places. And they're doing great. I mean, they just have they, – they've been so consistent. They have all the weapons. You know, there was some talks about trading Clay Thompson or Kevin Durant seeking free agency when his contract's up. But, I mean, really, they've got the they, – they prepare for playoff basketball every year for the past, like, four or five seasons now. And so that's where they're at. Yeah, and speaking of that three-point skill, they are third in the league in three-point percentage. I would say the biggest thing about this season for the Warriors was their ability to come back from the whole drama, which now seems like a year ago when it happened. But now, I mean, now they're they're rocking, they're rolling. Um, It looks like they're pretty much just going to steamroll through everybody in the West. Um, It might, to be honest, I think their challenges might actually lie in some teams in the East, but uh, we will see. Moving on to the Nuggets, they are second in assists per game, sixth in rebounds per game. Probably one of the more – I think that most people peg them as a playoff team, but I don't Mm -hmm. think anybody pegged them for a second seed in the West. Um, Led by Nikola Jokic, 
who has been dominant this year, 20.2 points per game, 10.8 rebounds per game, 7.6 assists per game. Yeah. Absolutely destroying the field. Uh, They are second in field goals made assisted, which is a good stat. Basically, they're moving the ball around well. Fourth in points in the paint, sixth in rebounds per game. A lot of good stats there. Their, their lineup is kind of funny. When you look at it just from like a starting roster, it doesn't it seem like a typical yeah. – yeah, it doesn't seem like a typical kind of number two seed uh, from a firepower sort of standpoint. But, I mean, that there lies in the assist that's really uh, bumping their game up, clearly moving the ball pretty well. What do you think about the Nuggets? Yeah, dude, they're really good about sharing um, – just sharing the load, you know what I mean? I mean, you've got days where obviously uh, Jokic is going to go off for, you know, 20 points, 15 rebounds. Um, Jamal Murray has been a standout guard this year. Um, he's been doing, being, playing very consistently. Uh, they've got Plumlee doing some great work in the paint. Millsap obviously holding it down. And with all of their, all of their tools right now, and especially um, going forward, I believe um, uh, they still have uh, they still they still have acquired um, oh Zay Thomas right right yeah so I mean they still have Zay Thomas and honestly they have weapons moving forward be able to go back into the playoffs. So I think they're looking pretty good. Cool. Yeah, and I for me it's more. When they get to the playoffs, I wonder if they're going to kind of collapse because they don't have the typical star power that we see. I mean, so often in playoff basketball, right. we see the ball slow down, the pace drops uh, drops to the floor pretty much tremendously. And it really comes down mm-hmm. to a lot of times that just guys being able to get shots and not getting, you know, and, and teams not being able to stop them no matter what they do. So that's it's definitely one team I think could be – definitely upset in the first round if things do not break their way and they get a bad draw of all these teams that are flopping in and out i mean if they were to draw the thunder um they, yeah. it would be a significant challenge for them i think in terms of handling uh what the thunder bring to the table and i think you know with steven adams who is a great and you know what i didn't realize steven adams is like 20 he's like 23 24 years old Dude, yeah, he's super young. I thought that guy was like thirty-five. Seven years. I don't know why. I I don't know why I did, but every time you see him on the court, I mean, he looks like an evil villain. But um, right, he is. He is a tremendous center, and I think he would have. You know, he would still have his hands full with Jokic, but I think he would present a much bigger challenge than anyone else would at the center position. So that'll be an interesting. And it's like ironically, like. Yeah, I think that I think at the forward position they're probably gonna have if they're gonna collapse anywhere, it's gonna be because, you know, most star most most team star players are at the, the forward position, obviously, you know, LeBron, Kawhi, uh, players like Durant, stuff like that. And their forwards are I mean, you got really young guy and really old guy. You've got Gary Harris and Michael Porter. On the opposite end, you've got Paul Millsap. So if those guys if those two those three players can step up and really just, you know, embrace the spotlight and be able to defend well against other teams spar, star uh, forwards they'll have a chance. If not, then, I mean, they're going to be lit up at that lineup. So we'll just see going forward. All right, say I feel like it's another year, another season of uh, typical Rockets basketball. They are first in, uh, <laughs> in three-point attempts per game. Unfortunately, they are 19th in three-point percentage. And the biggest thing, <laughs> the biggest thing that I think is a concern is they are – uh, second in the NBA in field goals made unassisted. Uh, the, the ball is not moving over there compared <laughs> to the Nuggets. Not at all. Yeah. Um, so, you know, again, this team, like we see every year, they try to, uh, you know, put heavy emphasis on the three-point shot. They try to make a bunch of them. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not so sure that it's going to work as well as it did last year. And it's kind of funny. I mean, as as great as a season James Harden has had – 
I wouldn't be surprised if he gets bounced in the first round at all. Yeah, it'd be kind of crazy to me, to be honest, to see them to see them go it's a, to have such a legacy because honestly they're such a consistent playoff team now and you expect them to you know put up numbers and do so well but they don't share the ball as well as they should you know what i mean i mean james harden obviously when he was playing um strictly at the point guard spot he was able to share the ball chris paul is you know a very unselfish player but it seems it seems like their their style of basketball is more of a uh is more of a you know get up points first worry about spraying the four seconds so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they can like work around that if they can just get mobile and get open, they shouldn't have a problem because they've got so many pieces. You know, if we have Eric Gordon and P.J. Tucker, Joe Green come off the bench and your stars, James Harden, Chris Paul, there's be no reason why you shouldn't make it to the second round of playoffs at least. Yeah, and I mean another concerning stat is they're 28th in rebounds per game and 29th, second to last in defensive rebounds per game, which, I mean, Clint Capella should – have at least made that at least somewhere in the middle alone because that guy's a phenomenal player. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I exactly. just I just see a lot of question marks with this team, and it's almost getting to the point where, I mean, if this is another year where they have a disappointment and they don't make it as far as you know, obviously they'd like to. I'm sure they'd like to go all the way to the finals and win. I mean, you got to start mm-hmm. looking at you know what changes I think they need to make. To be honest, yeah, I could see them clearing out some of their. Uh some of their uh, contract lending guys to try and pull another superstar baby because, I mean, when they acquired Kenneth Freed and Iman Shumpert, those are just two solid players, but they're not going to give you, you know, more than 10 points a game a season, to be honest. And if they need one more piece just to give them a little big three to push, they might just have to do that. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, it's hard not to look at Mike D'Antoni as great as this team has been. I mean, it's still most people – I mean, let's say they let's say they go another three years doing the same kind of basketball – and they never even make it to the finals. Would you call this team a success or a failure, in your opinion? Uh, that'd be a failure, in my opinion. I mean, you've got no reason to when you've got the arguably uh, the MVP, one of the best reigning uh, MVP. Top, yeah, the MVP, pretty much. Yeah, top five shooting guard easily, and probably a top five point guard as well. You know, there's no reason for them not to not to be in the playoffs if it comes or not even to be in the finals. If it comes down to coaching, then so be it. I mean, I don't see why Houston would stick around to lose players over a coach. I mean, it's never like that in the NBA. Moving on to the uh, what might be the lame duck team now, the Portland Trailblazers, now that uh, Nurkic is most likely out for the season uh, with the broken fibula and tibula. That was a pretty gruesome in- injury. It's um, crazy. It's, it's crazy. And, and, you know, it's kind of sad. This team, I remember last year, they when they got absolutely murdered by the New Orleans Pelicans and specifically by Anthony Davis <laughs> – um, I was really yeah. worried for this team, right? And we saw Damian Lillard have the offseason meeting with the owner. There's a lot of question marks, like mm-hmm. are they going to you know blow it up? But they stuck together and they played well. And you know they're now they're sitting fourth in the Western Conference, which is phenomenal season for them, mm-hmm. I think. But now you know they have this late season injury. Um, last I checked, CJ McCollum has kind of had a knee issue, I believe, as well. Um, you know, they yep. but. Some games out. Yeah, and you know they they have like they like I said they've had a good season. They're fourth in offensive rating, third in rebounds per game, sixth in points per game. Um, they are kind of little Rockets est, and they're twenty third in assist, fifth in field goals made unassisted. So that's a little concerning, but not bad. I mean, it, yeah. it, it you know it's just kind of sad to see them lose such a star player right here down down the stretch uh, going into the playoffs. Yeah, and he has and he has some flashes of like true greatness. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, absolutely. I think he put up thirty-two points the other game. Yeah, it was just it's just something you see that and you know that he can do that in the playoffs as well. 
And especially with CJ McCollum being questionable moving forward, I mean, it's just not it's not going to be a good look. You can't put it all on Damien once again. I mean, he's just one of those he's one of those point guards, and obviously he's in a spot where he can maneuver to where he wants to be. And he's been making the playoffs pretty consistently, but he hasn't been going past you know the sec first second round. So, all right, chance to find out and see what he really wants. Yeah, um, and that's another one. You know, this might. This is one of the teams I'd kind of peg to maybe be one of the limbo teams coming into the season where maybe they're not too sure which direction they want to head and they kind of end up, you know, right in the middle, not really getting a good lottery pick, not really making not making the playoffs, but they surprise and unfortunately mm-hmm. it will most likely not end well in the playoffs. Moving on to the Jazz who led by Donovan Mitchell who's averaging 23 points per game is they're doing pretty Crazy. well. Um <laughs> And it's kind of funny because, I mean, they're you, you would think of them more as a defensive team and not, you know, specifically offensive. Um, but they're, they're still ninth in assists per game, eighth in rebounds per game. Uh, they are they are defensively defensively powered, though, fourth in points allowed. They got Ricky Rubio, the, another one of my evil villain picks uh, of the year. <laughs> what do you think about the Jazz this year and how they've performed? Yeah, man. Honestly, if the Jazz end up playing the Blazers or Nuggets, I could see them winning first round. I could definitely see that being a possibility just because, like you said, they're so defensively oriented. I mean, Donovan Mitchell, the kind of explosiveness he has game after game is kind of scary. The man's energy is just crazy. Um, you got Dante Exum, Drake Carter, a couple of uh, veterans in there. Um, but the I guess like the main concern from them moving forward will be to see how they handle playoff basketball. Because obviously they're not going to be used to the standpoint, you know, having to do a seven game series, and then obviously if the Warriors or the the first third seed clear out their um, their game super quickly, they're going to, have to be right back on the road again. So, I mean, I think longevity is going to be a big factor. But if they have the you know, it's talent, funny. So. I have their uh, roster pulled up here. Um, how tall would you think Kyle Korver is? Yeah. Yeah. Kyle Korver, um, six know. seven. Six two. Yeah, I, he's crap. six. They have him listed as six seven at least. I, I don't know. That's just uh, yeah, like Kyle Korver. Like Kyle, Kyle Korver the at least shooter, that's what they have him listed at. I mean, I don't. Maybe he always looked dwarfed next to LeBron. That's that, that's why I don't know. Dude, honestly, I I had no idea because I mean, you figure like a like a, a shooting guard that shoots threes mainly like JJ Redick <laughs> is going to be like a six three, six, maybe seven. four six seven. Yeah. And, he, and he shoots and like he's 45% a perfect from the three-point line. I mean, and there's a reason oh, LeBron got him on the team. I mean, the guy can sink threes, oh, for can sure. play decent defense. Yeah, he's the guy you, yeah. he's the yeah, guy you want taking shots. Exactly, coming off down, the bench. You know, nine, yeah. Coming off points, the bench, get a couple the threes, get the, yep. get the momentum back. Uh, and I do love their coach, Quinn Snyder. I think uh, this long-term, yeah. this team is, is probably steady, but I worry about maybe their ability to pick up a – superstar um and i kind of don't know how far they can get with just donovan Mm -hmm. mitchell and rudy gobert but moving on to the absolute shocker of a team at least to me is the los angeles clippers they are 11 and 1 in their last 12 games fifth in points per game 13th in rebounds per game you know i don't have many too many stats here for you because it seems like most of them are most of their stats are pretty middling and then you go to their roster I mean, outside of Gallinari, right. it's pretty middling as well. Now that um, they've made the trade, so you know, and it's—I'm not sure how far this team can go if 
far at all, but <laughs> it's pretty remarkable, and it definitely uh, saved Doc Rivers' skin, I would say. No, honestly, man. And I think uh, I think Lou Williams, he's, he's really blossoming. He's starting to open up, you know what I mean? Uh, the dude is uh, he's, he's taking more, smarter shots, I would say, uh, as well as, I think, who's see there? Point guard. The other, they have a second Gildress point guard. Well. Alexander? I, I believe it is... Um, yeah, yeah, as well. So, the, I mean, they have three point guard options. They have a lot of room to grow still as well. You know what I mean? Um, there's not going to be so much of a of a push forward for them to to keep, to stay at the same place that they're at because obviously they're fitzy, they're doing great. But Doc Rivers, is like like you said, he's got something to prove. You know what I mean? And Patrick Beverly, he's been around the block before. Um, they've got Luke Bakamute. So, I mean, they've got, the, they've got the pieces and they have the size to compete. But it's just a matter of... It's just a different. It's just a different year. You're not going to use. You're not used seeing the Clippers here and there. So, I mean, if they can get past the first round, maybe they have a shot of. Yeah, know, I mean, and, you know, you could argue, arguably say they took advantage of a weak Pacific division, which I always forget who's in what divisions anymore. To be honest, but Definitely. that is the Suns, that is the Kings, that is the mm-hmm. you know the Lakers, who we are, are, probably won't even be able to get to today. But yeah. my God, um, maybe we we can have a couple minutes. We can have a couple. We're not running too bad on time. Um, but you know, I, I think it is remarkable for them mm-hmm. to make the playoffs after trading away Tobias Harris, after what seemed to be kind of a lost season for them, you know, a, a year removed from the Blake trade, you know, just really just kind of looking like it was Doc's, you know, twilight years kind of heading out, but pretty remarkable. And, you know, while I don't think they make it past right. the first round, I think it's still, um, it's still something they need because, you know, the Clippers are going to always struggle with, getting as many fans out there as the Lakers do, um, you know, getting the, you know, and yeah, I think exactly. it's important also if they really do plan on getting Kawhi in the off season, I mean, they got to show a pulse, I think. I mean, I, you know, as much as they say they want to go to LA, mm-hmm. I mean, doubt they want to go to the Clippers if they were, you know, second, third, last in the league, you know, and not getting, you know, not getting, you know, uh, Zion exactly. to come in there. So uh, I, I think it was important. Yeah, he's going to need yeah, – All right, Jose, moving on to our San Antonio Spurs. Um, somehow have nice. made the playoffs again, although they have uh, some troubling troubling, um, <laughs> troubling stats. They are absolute dead last in three points attempted, but they are first in three-point field goal percentage. So mm-hmm. at least they make them when it counts, Jose. They are 28th in pace right. in the point, which is very concerning. Uh, they are, but they are first in turnovers. So we're either first or we're last, I would say. Ricky Bobby. Um, for me, <laughs> I think this was just important because if I did pick a year that the Spurs were going to miss the playoffs, it was probably last year. But this year was pretty concerning because I just didn't know how mm-hmm. quickly DeMar would be able to mesh in. And, you know, how, you know, I mean, you looked at this roster and pretty much everyone was either not starting or different than basically last year. I mean, Patty Mills is now yep. the oldest tenured Spurs. It's crazy. That tells you anything. It's just, it's just a lot different top to bottom, I would say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, once again, it just falls on, it's going to fall on um, LaMarcus Aldridge and Omar DeRozan to really carry this team and get them some points in here because, if I mean, if they end up playing the Warriors, it's gonna it's gonna come down to slowing them, slowing the basketball down to their pace. Because obviously, we've got some size in the middle, but 
I mean, when the Warriors outclass the Spurs in nearly every single category, it's going to be just a matter of, you know, playing a methodical, you know, pop saw basketball to where they can just get points in, get points out, maybe play some play for some fouls. But it's it's kind of hurting that we don't have that you guys don't have you know some uh, some fresh lugs like Lonnie Walker and Dante Murray because of injuries. But you know, we we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, and you know that that is a good point. Game. Next year, you know, it'll be a lot different to see this team fully healthy. Uh, that'll be very exciting. To your point. Mm-hmm. The Spurs don't play playoff basketball, I would say. They don't shoot a lot of threes or they and they don't um, you know, they don't push the pace. They are actually first in the league in percentage of points made in the mid-range, right. those mid-range jump shots. They actually lead the league by more than 4% mm-hmm. than the next highest person. So, you know, and you know, and it makes okay. sense, right? That's that's the Marcus Aldridge shooting his mid-range shots. That's Demar Derozan, you know, doing his crossovers and hitting his mid-range shots. But you know, it, it, those could quickly go away. And if they're not making them, we're not, you know, we're not hitting enough. We won't hit enough threes to be able be able to come back. So the Spurs need to draw the right opponent here, or it really could get right. ugly, in my opinion. I think they would probably do best against either the Blazers or the Nuggets. Um, I don't think that they would have enough defensive firepower against the Rockets. And, you know, and that's been the main difference between this Spurs team and last year's uh, Spurs team. They are nowhere near as good as a defensive team as they have been in, you know, previous years. I mean, normally you're used to seeing the Spurs almost like a top league in defense. Currently they're 13th. Yeah, currently they're 13th in points allowed. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, typically they could slow the game down, get, get enough stops, enough turnovers to where they could turn the game in their favor based on their defense. But now it's kind of kind of just middling in the water, you know what I mean? So they're, they're kind of at the mercy All right, of the place. Last team we'll time. talk about today, uh, at least from a playoff standpoint for the West, is the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, and what I think could be <sighs> exciting. I mean, it's hard not to think that they if they don't go anywhere – that they don't at least start to look at Billy Donovan and think maybe they need to head in a different direction. I mean, how do you have a guy who has already won the MVP, Paul George, who's been playing phenomenal this year, I mean, absolutely lights out. Steven Adams, who's one of the top five yep. centers in the league, I would say. Crazy. If not right there. And you're the eighth seed and you get bounced, you know, in like a 4-1 series. I mean – it's just it's just tough. I mean, and I know the Western Conference is tough, but they should be doing better, in my opinion. But what do you think? Yeah, absolutely, man. And that's the thing. I mean, especially with especially with the pieces that they have, having Russell Westbrook and, and Paul George on the same team. I mean, obviously, when they had uh, Melo and the big three going on and stuff, you have enough basketball IQ on that team on the court, at least, to where it shouldn't be a problem for them to be having. You know, uh, great, uh, great games against tough opponents. Especially Dennis Schroeder is one, probably in my opinion, one of the smartest point guards in the league. Still, um, being a young guy, I mean, he just has a lot of potential, and he's as uh, he's been averaging some good assists this year. So, I mean, you have to turn to coaching to be honest, because I mean, at a certain point, you can't. Westbrook literally could not cannot get any better than averaging a triple double. And Paul George, you know, he legit was having interviews with um, yeah. reporters saying how he had to really step it up and change the mentality. And just be a better basketball player because you know he was uh, towards the end of his Pacers tenure and the beginning of his OKC tenure, he was he was like kind of self admittedly doing what he could, and of course it was going to be enough, but he knew he had to do more. 
He's you know, and I keep mentioning the stat, but I will kind of mention the teams uh, that they are flirting with in this territory so that we give some perspective. The Oklahoma City Thunder are fourth in field goals made unassisted. The top seven of this list, I would say, at seven, you got the Hornets. At six, you got the Bulls. Yikes. At five, you got the Trailblazers. Four, you got the Thunder. At three, you have the Cavaliers. (laughs) At two, you have the Rockets. And at one, you have the Knicks. So the Knicks, the Cavaliers, (laughs) the Bulls, that's your kind of company when you make uh, a lot of your field goals unassisted. So just to kind of give you you a reference of what that stat kind of means, and I think it's fairly important uh, come playoff basketball time. So, uh, you know, for me, I think the Thunder could beat – pretty much anybody outside of the Warriors, to be honest. I think they could beat the Nuggets. I think they could beat the Rockets. They could beat the Jazz. Um, they oh, just the need gym. to, you know, not turn it over so much and just play, you know, hope Paul George brings it and try to have good Russell Westbrook, I think. But uh, it... Yeah, and it's crazy because, like, you know, going into All-Star break, they were on a winning streak. They were just, you know, lights out. They won, like, 10 games in a row, I think, or they won, like, 10 out of the semi-games, maybe 10 out of 13, 11 out of 13. And I was like, okay, this is the team we've been waiting for. Obviously, the energy was up. Billy Donovan was uh, was looking like a pretty exciting coach on the side. But then it just got to the point where they were just making stupid mistakes, and they just kind of yeah. – And, you know, so you know, now and like they are second in the league in rebounds. One Hopefully team that would be great for them to be matched up with is the Rockets, who are second to last in rebounds. So they could pretty much get every board in that game if they want to, uh, which <laughs> – would be pretty interesting to see those two teams matched up yet again. So that is it for the West. We have a little bit of time, Jose. I think we should probably talk about the Lakers. When he, yeah, when he left for LA, yeah, one of the it. things I I asked, I and I can't believe I can't remember if I asked it on this podcast, but I definitely did ask a lot of people near me. I asked them, "What do you think is more likely that LeBron wins the championship next year?" or that he misses the playoffs. And, you know, most people couldn't even fathom the idea of LeBron James. LeBron James missing the playoffs. So yeah. most people would say, oh, just win the title. I mean, it's just got to be a little you bit more saying? likely than miss the playoffs. And I just kept thinking, like, man, this West is stacked. There are so many good teams. This is going to – you know, this Lakers squad was a disaster before he even went there. They, this so, is, yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. There's no room for, yeah. Even it being LeBron James, there was no room for for just for him to show up and all of a sudden you know make the playoffs or even have a chance in the finals with that team. And with the injuries that they've had, it's kind of like. And you saw in the past. I was gonna say I was like the back in February when he was just having games where it looked like he did not care at all. I mean, he was having games where he's defensively just out of position. And I get like obviously he's gonna be more scrutinized than other players. But it just kind of just dawned on everybody, like, wow, these, this is kind of like the beginning of the end. Like, they're really not about to make the playoffs here. And it being LeBron James, he's not going to go out like that. He's going to try to make some moves and try to make something happen. He was talking the other day in some interviews about how he understood that it was his responsibility and that he was going to have to step up. But, I mean, it's just – it is what it is sometimes, you know. Kobe wasn't able to win with prime Dwight Howard and Steve Nash. So, yeah. Sometimes and, just you know, and to your point where they checked out, I mean, there's definitely a stretch there where they went 3-14 and 14. – Losses against the Hawks, the Pelicans, the Grizzlies, the Suns, the Pistons, the Knicks. They lost to the Knicks, Osei. Man, everyone's the Knicks. Um, (laughs) 
And you, yeah, Good it'll Lord. be interesting to see if they're still able to get because again, you know, all these contracts we talked to, you know, when they when he first came, they signed a bunch of these guys to one year deals. I'm pretty sure Rondo's on a one year deal, Lance Stevenson's on a one year deal. You know, all these busybodies mm-hmm. who make make up for yes. one big nothing, in my opinion, because we've seen what makes LeBron win. It's guys who can play some defense and yeah. hit threes. That's all he needs. He needs guys to get open, and then he needs one other person to just be able to, to take the ball over so that we can take a break. And, you know, outside of KCP, I mean, none of these guys can hit shots. I mean, it, it's just nothing. So. Dude. Is scary because like you've got like I, like I hate to trash to do but like Lance Stevenson's a clown man like I like I don't even think he takes like basketball that seriously to be honest like I think he just likes the spotlight and he's not like a terrible player but he's not he's not the guy you know what I mean and obviously as long as the ball's injured and Rajon Rondo I mean come on like in the past four teams he's bounced between and I remember, I just remember so vividly back when he was on the Mavs you remember when he got into a fight with his coach and then like he like sat in timeout. And then yeah. what happened two weeks ago? He yeah. like sat away from his teammates on like next to the fans on courtside seats. I was like, this is just like hilarious. And your next best player is Javel McGee having a breakout night. And yeah, Brandon man. Ingram. And uh, I, I know you had kind of joked about maybe talking about some stuff the last time LeBron had missed the playoffs. I failed on my portion of the homework. Uh, did you? Did you happen to look up anything? <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> Back in 2005, so so mind you, Joey and I, we were pretty much in like what our last year of elementary school, it's hilarious or something like that. Um, so 2005, YouTube um, wow. had just came out. You know, you were able to upload videos for the first time on the internet and like have it exposed to a wide platform. 2005, Apple had yet to release an iPhone, and they wow. had just released, I think, the second generation of their iPod. You know, with the click wheel and stuff, crazy. Um, let's see, yeah, back in. Back in 2005, um, you still had the Vancouver Grizzlies. And you still had um, who was in? Uh, you still had uh, the you still had the Charlotte Bobcats. I mean, like there were so many things that were happening that aren't around now since uh, LeBron last was in the playoffs. So it's just kind of crazy to see when you think about it, just how much the how much you know everyone's moved forward. That was 14 years ago. 14 years ago, like. My brother was four years yeah. old. And I think that's why so many people, when I asked them, they said just won the title. Like, it just, it can't happen. Like, and you know, and that, you know, that's the thing. Like, the West is stacked, but like, you know, like, look at the Clippers, right? Like, mm-hmm. his team should be better than the Clippers. It, it should be. It really should be. But it's not. Um, and obviously, there's a lot of drama right. with the Lakers. Everything's under a microscope. And I think we all understand why it's not. But, um, uh, they definitely still had a chance, you know, it's not like they were drawing dead going in. So I think that's about right. it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. They had a chance. And maybe, yeah. Yeah. Maybe it worked out for the best. I mean, no, one, no one wants to see them get swept in the first round with, yeah. with the team that they had. Maybe it's for the best. Anything else you got before we get out of here? Ride, so we'll just see, see what happens. Yeah, we will try to get back. Hopefully, we can get uh, Don much, back man. on the episode great. as well and try to talk some East basketball before the playoffs begin. Uh, that would be ideal. So, for Ose, I'm Joey. Please follow us on the BBB podcast at uh, on iTunes, at the BBB pod on Twitter. Uh, make sure to keep watching some basketball, folks. Until then, have a good day.